Hey y'all, hey, welcome to the Infinitely Me podcast. I'm your host, Maureen Karichu, better known as Mo, and I'm your purpose alignment strategist, helping you embrace the limitless possibilities in you as you manifest your best life. So grab a cuppa and let's hang on on this next exciting episode. All right. Hey, guys, welcome back to yet another amazing episode right here at the Infinitely Me podcast. As usual, we hang out every Friday evening. You know how we do it. And on this episode, y'all are not ready. You are not ready because I have with me the most one of the most amazing souls that I have met on this social media streets. And I know you guys have said this since episode one, that social media streets are the best streets to actually meet people and interact with them. Uh, and so this, this guy that I'll be talking to, actually, first and foremost, he makes a debut on the Infinitely Me podcast. He's a fast man that I'll be hosting on this uh, podcast. So honestly, I cannot hide my excitement and I'm just going to try and behave right now. <laughs> Um, but honestly you guys um he is a very um well put together man if i may say that uh i came across him uh on um on little aya's live um and if you all know about little aya this this is the little girl who um has just touch the world um, because of a condition called spinal muscular atrophy um, and we continue to raise the funds. Uh, we're believing that this August being SMA month, Little Aya will get uh, dosed soon. So Little Aya is not only um, a niece to me, she's more of a daughter. Uh, I love her mom and you know, we're believing God that this will actually come to a close. So uh, this guy is one of the supporters of Little Aya. Uh, but more than that, he does very many things. He is a ball of energy. He is a Pan-Africanist. Uh, he's an educator. He's a dad. He's a husband. I mean, he he wears so many diverse hats. And most importantly, he's from my motherland, Kenya. Shout out, whoop, whoop, 254. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly so i'm just gonna give him some time and and this opportunity to just introduce himself and tell us who he is and then we're just gonna go with the flow so drum rolls please <laughs> oh my goodness thank you thank you mo i i really have to say something um with that kind of introduction I have mm-hmm. one word for you. And if you're Kenyan, you probably will understand it. If you're not Kenyan, you probably will understand it. Allah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you give anybody this kind of intro and then expect them to keep up? Oh. The Allah. Oh, trust me. Ah, 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 oh, goodness Allah. me. Yeah. <laughs> when you when you read it, when you give that kind of intro, man, I I'm mm. nearly getting goosebumps because I'm worried. <laughs> Am I going to keep up with this intro? <laughs> I can't keep up, but well, I will try my best. <laughs> I mm. will. I just want you to speak to the average black man out there, and I say black men because I love I love our kings. I I really do. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. When I I really am big on bragging on, you know, they say black don't crack. That's for sure. We didn't invent it, but you know, you know, we don't crack. (laughs) Exactly. 
know, um, I I know. Like I was telling you earlier on, off you know, off camera, um, we have been brought up, or rather, you guys, men, have been brought up to be very masculine, right? Very well put together. Um, you should never complain. You know, and we always hear, especially we growing up as as a woman, you're told a, a man is a provider, protector. You know, yeah. <laughs> you Go know? get married um, so that your man can take care of you. The right? end of narrative, and you live happily ever after. Ever <laughs> and get kids, you know, and fill up that home, and you know, and I, I kid you not, I hear that, and I, I shared with you personally. So, how does that narrative apply to somebody like me who's a single mom? Because as a single mom, I am the provider, protector, you know. Um, I am all those roles mumbled up into one. You know what I mean? And so yeah. the, the danger of a one-sided story is that, like you're saying, we are told, go get married, uh, and then your husband is going to provide for you, he's going to protect you, he's going to do all that. Again, I am a feminist to a certain extent, but I don't believe in toxic feminine feminism you know uh i believe in yes supporting the girl child and 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 speaking about you know female rights and everything else women rights however i strongly believe that there's a place for the black man or the man in the society and in the home um and i like i shared with you before i grew up in a stable home my dad has always been in my life uh he's he's my first love and that is why he taught me not to settle for less. And um, I know, you know, I have seen love defined in what a, a husband or um, a protector should be. I've seen it in my father. Um, as as young or old as I may be, <laughs> my dad today, <laughs> when he gets on the phone with me, he tells me, I love you, baby. You know what I mean? And he he believes so much in the woman that I've become that he strongly affirms me every day and tells me, I know what your purpose is. I, I brought you into this world and I've seen you mature and in, evolve into the woman that you are. You're not just um, educated, but you know, you are commanding, you, you know, you're, you're shaping and you're nurturing your way in the workspace. Um, you're an amazing mother and you know, you're all these things in one. So he always tells me, and he's always like, never settle for less, you know? And then now there's this other narrative of the, you know, the other man who, <laughs> who is constantly in a space whereby they probably don't, don't know what being a man is all about, you know? The, I know that there are those men who've been raised by single moms, and that doesn't mean that, you know, being raised by a single mother that you don't turn out okay. I know of some great, great men who've been raised by single moms. However, I know that there's this other breed of men <laughs> who just do not want to take their place. What would you say to them? <laughs> okay. I think, um, you know, when we were speaking about bias and we were speaking about prejudice, there's a general prejudice towards a certain behavior in a sense that straight away we 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 make those people the, um, the bad people. Um, well, a lot of times they are victims. Um, yeah. First of all, I think you know um, 
when I compare your father and my father, <laughs> I think your dad went <laughs> to the right education system. You know, he went through the right societal growth system. So he went through the, the right education system where he was able to get to a point where he can say to his children that he loves them. Mm-hmm. As an African father, that is grade 28 level group of schools. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. That is like the, like, that is the most, yeah, I, I think I'm not lying to you. I, I'd be very surprised if in one out of 10 people, you will find a 30 to 40 year old African person who can tell you that their father tells them they love them. And they actually use the words, I love you. Often it's, <laughs> have you eaten? Ah, but your hair has not been combed. You know, like it's, it's usually that kind of narrative. I sit properly. Ooh. So where is your man? You know, those are the ways that our fathers would 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 portray to us that they love us, oh. right? Oh, um, and so when I compare your father and my father, I think your father went through the right societal system. My father yeah. is a victim of a system, as you mentioned, that grew, taught them to be a man. You're the warrior. Yes. Even though my mom made more money than my dad, he was <laughs> the warrior in the house, coming in and pointing at the kitchen saying, ah, but these chapatis are not round. He doesn't even know where flour comes from. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but this ugali is so hard. It doesn't even know what a cooking stick is made of. So, yeah. So I think, I think these, these uh, men that you, you know, black men that we, we look at and we say, look, these guys need to man up is a whole cycle of generational change. Um, mm. Times will change them. Um, the danger of changing them straight away will result in conflict because they don't know what it's like to grow up. I, I learned, I kid you not, I learned about being an actual father at 33, 34, mm-hmm. I learned, 33, 33, <laughs> I just calculated how my daughter was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Trust um me. and and <laughs> apologize. Uh, um, and and that was me learning about being a father. Then there's that next step of learning that you're not just a father, you're a black African father. Yes. Now that is a journey. Because mm-hmm. the way I was brought up. It's very different to how I am bringing up my little ones. There are some similarities, but there's so much unlearning that I have to do in order to be able to speak with them. Now, I am one of the privileged ones because I'm able to come to terms with how I grew up and say, that's Mm -hmm. not the path I would like for them to be. You know, those, those, those Africans, you'll say, I went to a boarding school. My kids have to go to a boarding school and see the experience of the year because I turned out well. Mm-hmm. But in reality is when I was there, I hated every single moment of it. And yeah. that's not the kind of experience I would like for my children to do. Like, I don't want them to be hating stuff. I don't want them to hate school. School should be something that you love. Even if you that hate it, okay, you can hate, okay, you can hate waking up. You can hate all those small things, yeah? But 
but hating every single moment of it is dangerous. Yes. Because it means there's a lot of learning that you're missing. And most of this learning is the mental learning that you should be getting. Mm-hmm. And this trauma catches up with you later. So I'm one of the privileged ones that actually learned how to come to terms with how I grew up. Then mm-hmm. I have to undo that and give my children a, a different kind of experience. Yes. So when I see, and, and I see a lot of them, a few of them are my relatives. I see them bringing up their children and I see them not being present. I know, I, I sort of understand why. Um, I try my best not to judge them, even though they are adults. I judge mm-hmm. the system. Um, I judge the system. I just pray that their children don't, that attitude doesn't get smeared onto their children and then it becomes a generational kind of reflection. I just hope that there's a point yeah. where you break the cycle. Unfortunately, breaking a cycle calls for war and conflict. And that conflict, I'm not sure if the world is ready for it. Um, to, to, to briefly answer your question, I just pray that things get better. Um, I will try not to judge. I, I try my best not to judge. I'm not saying it is right. It is wrong. Um, being toxic is absolutely unfair. Um, we cannot shun people that are toxic because we will see them every single day. I just yeah. hope. <laughs> yeah. You know, I know I see those those inspirational quotes. You know, when you watch those inspirational quotes, stay away from toxic people. Keep <laughs> them out of your life. And then they sip tea on TikTok. Um, you can't. Um, every workplace you will go to, you will meet somebody who just throws up that throws it to you. Um, you might be in a bus one day when you're going back home and there's this gentleman who's just had a really tough day at work and doesn't know how to control their emotions and they will come at you. You might come home one day and your partner is this person who's had a really tough time, doesn't know how to support themselves and they will yeah. throw it to you. That to me is toxic because their behavior is negative towards you. Um, shunning them is hard. But I pray that people have the ability to control themselves and have that discernment to react in a better way towards that toxicity. One could be talking to them, two, it could be walking away from them, three, it could be shunning them, but, you know. Yeah, however you deal with it. I I love how you put it because... um, I mean, it's not just toxic masculinity, but I think, you know, toxic people are toxic people wherever they go. They are in your churches. They are in your workplaces. They are in the stores, right? Uh, They're in traffic. You know, they're literally everywhere that we go. Uh, But I believe learning or knowing how to deal with them and knowing how to remove yourself from the situation, I think that's what really counts. You you say way, way better. (laughs) Knowing how to remove yourself from the situation. From the situation. This English is not my mouth. (laughs) No, absolutely not. I I understand. And I really, (laughs) I really feel you though. Um, And I say this because I have tried to create a safe space. Um, uh, And when I say the reason why I rebranded this podcast to infinitely more, it used to be all things more. And all things oh, more wow. was just <laughs> simply because I have many, many things. Like I wear very many diverse hats, 
right? Uh, and and mostly I felt like I was appealing to the modern day woman who's trying to figure themselves out because being a woman is very complicated, you know. <laughs> so, I agree with you. Absolutely. I agree. You with are you. raising two young ladies <laughs> and you're in a household with three ladies. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, you know yeah. well together, you know. <laughs> um, but I, I got to a space whereby I realized I had men honestly sliding in my DM and telling me, um, Mo, I happened to stumble across your platform and I listened to your podcast and I could identify with one or two things that you said but from a male perspective. And wow. I was like, wow. Like wow. it really made me stop for a minute. And I was like, so there, there seems to be an audience out there that I'm appealing to, but that do not relate a hundred percent with what I'm saying, because they hear the intro and they're like, but I'm not a lady, you know? Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and... <laughs> You know, I, I have had the pleasure of hosting a few shows here in Seattle, uh, moderating a few conversations, uh, especially with our young people on mental health, depression, um, suicidal attempts and all that, all those difficult conversations. I'm a big, 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 big lover of difficult conversations because I I went through a very dark moment in 2018. Uh, when I conceived my son uh, and I was very new in this country. I was literally like a year old in this country. So I was still trying to find my footing. Wow. I was not settled and I just got, but I got to a space whereby I was pregnant. I was, I was very active in ministry, in church ministry. Um, I was an intercessor, Wow. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, prayer warrior, you know, and so, you know, I still pray. I still believe in the power of prayer. Uh, but, you know, having all those titles and then finding yourself in a place whereby you are pregnant and the father of your child is a church elder and you are in that very difficult situation. And I got ostracized by the society. Mm -hmm. You know, I got called all sorts of names that you could imagine. I was kicked out of the apartment I was sharing with a friend um, and all these were church people. So I found myself homeless at almost 35 weeks pregnant. Uh, um, yes. And nowhere to go. First time mom, never been a mother before. Um, and, and now there's geez. this narrative I had in my head about what I wanted, I wanted the, I wanted the dating, the whirlwind romance, you know, the walk you down the aisle, the say I do's, the picture perfect, you know, the, all that kind of stuff. And then the raise your family together, like in a, in a normal family setup, like I had seen my parents do, right? But then now you are stuck in this new narrative of this is your new normal morning. Mo? You are about to become a mom. And I was just thinking, oh my God, I have traveled the world. I've lived in Europe. And this was the most painful part. The fact that in my 20s, I had it all together. I traveled the world. I did my undergrad. I was this hot chick living on the first lane. Just when you move to the States and you're beginning to settle down and you're now like, this is what I want to do. And then this happens. And I'm like, who gets pregnant at 31? 
You know what I mean? And yeah. I was just like, I, it was a shock to me because now I was at this place where I'm thinking, Mo, like you, you, you had it all together for this period of time when you were expected to do the crazy things. Cause you know, it's been said that when you are in your twenties and the 25, that's when you're expected to do all the crazy things, you yeah. know, and make all the mistakes, but it looks like you're making your mistakes later on in life. Like <laughs> <laughs> you, you've been postponing your mistakes. <laughs> Get away the program, you know, yeah. snap, snap. And I kid you not, Kikombe, I was in a very, I was, I found myself in a very depressive state. Um, and it, it was just darkness all over it, not knowing what to do. But in between that craziness, I'm a very resilient person deep down. So I'm usually, I, I, I write things down. I try to see them in different ways. Um, like, again, like I was telling you, come back to earth, <laughs> you know, yeah. kind of a person. <laughs> come back and save this. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it was through that process of, I'm, I'm a big researcher too. It was through the process of trying to find out, okay, what do I do? What resources do I get? Because I was in this country. I didn't even have health insurance for crying out loud. And you're Jeez. pregnant. Like you're supposed to start doing your clinics. And I'm like, I, I did not, I, I, I was homeless, you know? Can you imagine? <laughs> Whoa. I kid you not. I look at myself. It's just been three years, you know, but I look at how far I've come and where I'm at right now. And what I decided to do at that point is as painful as it was, I accepted the new reality. I accepted where I was at. I accepted that I was 31. I felt like you've been cheated way later in life. You know, you've escaped this boy child <laughs> generation in yeah. your 20s up until now. But I decided that however this was going to turn out, I would make this the best journey for myself first. And I said, I needed to deal with this trauma. I needed to heal my trauma because my child had no business coming into a world or coming into a space where uh, his mom was so traumatized that I was not going to be present in his life and parent him the right way. Mm -hmm. And I made a sane decision to ensure that with or without my, his father's help, I would be present and very intentional in raising him. Um, and I decided I did not care what society would say. And I just, I literally just put on my big girl panties on, you know, and I faced the situation as hard as it was. I would cry. I would feel so lost. But the funniest thing is I decided to work. I put my, all my energies to working. Uh, I remember I had, I was working at that time, actually in this whole craziness, I started my master's. Yes. In the midst of this whole crazy what? thing. Yes. I needed to divert wow. my stress and my attention and I believe in keeping busy. So I started my master's in communication and I knew that for a fact in as much as I'd have a student load on my back, at least momentarily, it would give me money per semester to be able to take care of the small other needs that, you know, my paycheck could not cater to. Fair enough. Yeah. 
and, and that's how I started my master's. And and surprisingly, at that point, I was also doing like um, I was I was working this caregiving job where I was taking care of the elderly. So what oh. happened was, <laughs> I would do I would work four days in a week in a living, and that's how I would get housing for four days, free housing. Uh, and then for the other three days, I would go put up with a friend. I would couch surf. I did that up until I, I remember up until the ninth month, I was about to pop when I finally got a place to put together and, you know, but I was saving, I was working 60 hours a week, picking up hours here and there, 60 hours a week, just to make sure that by the time this boy is hitting this earth, I have everything set and believe it or not, that is where I got the strength to ensure that I, I create a platform where people come and speak and share their stories and talk about what are some of the insurmountable challenges that they've overcome to get where they're at. Because everybody has a story. It doesn't matter who they are. That crazy man you see down the street, when you're driving to work, that person has a story. And they just need somebody to hear them. And I just so formed, a, you know, a platform and I started talking about my story. And all of a sudden I was being called to churches to actually moderate conversations that were very difficult. And I'm like, ah, these are the same <laughs> people who really spoke so wrongly of me. Really? You know? And yes, and um, it, it is very humbling. So once I saw that there was this uh, category of, an audience, you know, male audience that was actually seeking me out, I decided I'm going to call this space the Infinitely Me podcast, meaning um, I need you, to, I need to create a safe space where I teach people how to level up to their best abilities, regardless of where they've been or what they're going through, because the journey is not determined by the what ifs. The journey is determined by the resilience that lies within you. I feel like I'm speaking with one of my ancestors, man. That one is a mic drop. The ancestors once said, no. Goodness me. Yeah. The journey is determined by the resilience. Wow. Yes. It is. It is. Absolutely true. Deep. I need to tell you something. You know, I, I, you know, they say all things come to an end. Yes. I actually like infinite better than all things more. Infinitely more is way, way better because infinity does not end. Infinity is forever. Forever, so forever. yeah, well done, great insight, man. I love that. I I have no idea, man. Um, your story actually reminds me of of um, I don't know if you know Queen Zinga. I've yes, heard of her from, from Angola. So Queen Zinga was one of the queens, the African leaders, queens in the 1600s who fought against the Portuguese. And she spent 30 years fighting against the Portuguese. Now, how she came into power is a really incredible story because she was mm-hmm. kicked out of the kingdom. She was born out of, um, she was born in, in a lineage of, 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 of royalty, 
But whoever took over decided that they wanted to get rid of everybody because they didn't want anybody taking over. So they decided mm. to murder everybody. Wow. And Zinga happened to survive. And so wow. she went, lived uh, again, homeless life outside in a jungle, those uh, places. And several years later, she came back with an army and took over her kingdom. Wow. And Come on now. fought the Portuguese for 30 yeah. years until slavery was put on a shelf. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I remember there was, uh, we were learning in school and uh, one time a history teacher was telling us, you people look down on women, but do you even know Queen Zinga? Do you even know Queen Zinga, you? This <laughs> um, <laughs> woman, she's a powerful uh-huh. woman. This lady walks into uh, the Portuguese leader's um, uh, court and <clears throat> Generally, all kings will sit on a stool and then you sit down. And she says, no, I am not sitting down. I'm the queen. Mm-hmm. And uh, everyone's like, oh, no, no, it's going <laughs> down. Um, and then I, I can't remember which king it was. But yeah, anyway, so, so literally one of her assistants, one of her bodyguards comes, bends over, and this lady sits on his back. <laughs> and they have a document. A man, the most masculine, big Angolan man, got on his yes. back and Queen Zinga had a stool. Wow. Uh-huh. Now tell me if you will not listen to that woman. <laughs> you in will. The, in 1600, like that is 19 Maduare. Like in Kenya, we say those... <laughs> Sorry, oh, that's okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, your story really, really reminds me of that. So you are Mo, you're my queen. You're a big queen, oh. and I, I appreciate you. I cannot tell you. Yeah, to be homeless in your 30s, pregnant, then taking up studies. I cannot fathom how you came out of that, but only superheroes can do that. Uh, I know many people that give up, and oh, but only superheroes can do that. So I think to me, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm talking to a queen. We bow down. <laughs> oh I kid my you not. I bow down Whoa. to you. Yo, I, I, I can imagine. I can understand if you're. Mm-hmm. I can't understand. I, I was going to say I can understand if you're not pregnant and you can still move on, but mm-hmm. expecting have come from a, a fairly great life, have come to start a yes. new life, and then boom, homeless. Yes. And then you rise back and look at you now, given inspirational speeches and all that. You're making men trying to pull lorries on the bicycle, like, come on, hmm? I can pull this no. lorry. <laughs> so but well surely, done. Thank you so much. Thank well you so done. much for the beautiful... Whoa heartfelt uh, words. Um, I am just a strong believer in building people up. I have come, I have, I, I believe we go through what we go through, not for ourselves, but so that we can heal, so that we can heal somebody else along the way. Um, and I know for a fact that I look at my life 
and I look at the lessons that I have taken along the journey so far. And I, I, I am keen on making sure that whoever it is that I can bring with me uh, as many people as possible. And so that is why when I see a man who's down, um, I, I try to speak and encourage them. I believe in encouraging people to pick up from where they're at, to acknowledge that you need help. Um, to seek help, to go for therapy, because I had to go for therapy. I went for therapy for nine months. Wow. Every single month to bring, to come to that place where I'm accepting the situation as it is. And I try to speak to our men too. And I tell my African men, our black kings, and I say to them, please seek help. Um, Absolutely. Seeking help does not mean that you are weak. It just means that you care enough that you would want to get better. And you just don't get better. You get better for yourself first, but also for the people around you. Yeah. I I absolutely agree. And I, I am with you 100% on that. A lot of people fear to seek help because they they fear the the judgment the prejudice that comes Mm -hmm. with that. They fear the judgment that comes with that. And I usually say to people, you know, when you watch basketball, when you watch sport, LeBron James falls down, he gets picked up. He never just gets up by himself. He will fall down and then he'll put his hands like this and then his teammates will pull him up. So Mm -hmm. if LeBron James can ask for help for something small that he can't do, who do you think you are? Mm -hmm. You know, like... You you can you can ask for help, you know when 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 giants can ask for a simple move such as lift me up, and you know that he's mm-hmm. one of the most fittest people on earth. Mm-hmm. You can do it. You can do it. It doesn't mean that there's anything wrong. Well, even if there's anything wrong with you, the mm-hmm. reason why people ask for help it means you care about other people, not necessarily about you. Because yeah. if you don't ask for help, you will hurt other people. You will. Yeah. Hurt people, hurt others. Yeah. So so you ask for help because you care about other people. So if I care about my family, I will ask for help. That means I care about me, but primarily I care about other people. So start caring about other people, then you will ask for help. Mm, yeah. So good. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So not, not, not as powerful as you, Queen. Not as powerful as <laughs> No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. Also, to those people that are sliding in most DMs, <laughs> I have to say, I appreciate how you do it because <laughs> I've heard stories of people sliding into DMs with ridiculous words, but those people who are sliding into your DMs, <laughs> Uh, yeah, give him a salute because that's uh, if they they if they can identify mm-hmm. with what you say as a man. To me, I think that's that's a big story towards understanding, and that's a great story towards seeing that narrative and the narrative yeah. reaching home. So, yeah, yes. But trust me, they, not all of them come correct when they're sliding in the DM. <laughs> <laughs> now you are spoiling it. <laughs> <laughs> Your Sorry, DMs are already clean. Out. Now you've tainted the whole DM narrative. Aye. <laughs> no, 
it's, it's funny actually that we are talking about you. You brought it up about sliding in the DM because <laughs> this morning uh, I was on Kalecha's show, Kalecha Momo, and amazing, Shout out to you, my dear um, Kalecha. I'm a big fan of what she does and the and the topics that she has. Yeah. Um, and she, I was a guest on her show this morning, and we we're talking were about you? yes. <laughs> well done yeah thank you uh and we were talking about you know i I told her kalecha i honestly feel like uh somebody should create a master class on how to slide in people's dms (laughs) i kid you not yeah i agree with you and i i i absolutely agree with you because yeah I, i i cannot say yeah, I agree with you completely. <laughs> I think Kikombe, I'm gonna charge you with that responsibility of you know grooming up your brothers because some of them, Jesus, we love you, we love you, we we love the African men, and we're not going to we're not gonna taint them. We believe in building them up. Hey, we baby, love you baby, so much, you guys. I am sliding hey. into your DM now, baby, baby. <laughs> I'm like someone like Ginene. Ginene. I I actually agree with you. I think I think there should be masterclass for sliding into people's DMs. I mean, you don't learn these things like these treats are tricky. You don't learn these things at school. Schools are teaching you how to do calculus and log books and all those weird things that you never need in life later, you know. Um, but sliding yeah. in DMs should be one of the social studies class. I by now it should be known that people are meeting <laughs> online. How do you yeah. slide in DM? You know, so social studies curators, what were uh, all those people that you know curate education system and they teach yeah. social studies sliding into dms is important oh my gosh you are such an educator like you literally took that topic and just- <laughs> <laughs> i'm so sorry i'm so sorry let's go back just, to the no, no. master class i think <laughs> you you literally packaged it <laughs> it's a skill listen you it's a skill it into, yeah it is a skill oh. and and how to yeah how to speak with ladies it's a skill because again as we were mentioning earlier we we're we're growing up in a society even now we're growing up in a society where we think and we are taught that ladies are materialistic Mm -hmm. so somebody will slide into your dm and say hey look at my car (laughs) or hey do you want to come over to my place and watch my flat screen tv 78 inch allah (laughs) You know, hey, why are you Netflix and chilling on your phone? Come Netflix and chill on my projector. You know, you can't, you can't, <laughs> you can't. It's a skill that people need to be taught. And and, yeah. and how to speak to ladies is important and how to look at ladies to, to kind of disconnect from that ideology that all they want from you is money. Yes. <laughs> you know, like if you don't that have right money, there. you're useless, you know, Um so, yeah, I, I think it's a skill that should be taught. And if people are not looking at it, then you you will have a community or, or a society of well-learned doctors and, and mathematicians who don't know how to speak with women. Then you've uh, postponed problems. Oh, and 
just feel like I, I feel like I should have you uh, over again <laughs> on a different topic altogether. Like, because I'm just oh, like, oh, yeah, like there, there is a lot to talk about. I, I am, uh, I think I am very inspired by your, your story of, of your growth. And I, I kid you not, that has, has touched me big time, Queen Mo. Uh, henceforth, you are Queen Mo. Oh, did you hear now, that, y'all? Yep, Queen Mo. Um, there is, there are superheroes out there, but that to you, to me, a superhero. Um, yes, you you are my superhero because in a foreign country, homeless, Mm -hmm. pregnant, home, home surfing. What did you call it? Coach surfing. Coach surfing. Coach surfing. Yeah. So basically moving from house to house, hoping you can sleep there and then go back Mm. to school and then come back, go to work. Also nursing it. Yeah. My queen, I bow to you. Thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you so much. Oh my goodness. Kikomba. I think I would speak to you. I would, I would, I mean, our conversations have just spiraled through diverse topics and you are one very, I told you you're a phenomenal speaker before and you thought you, I was, I was kidding you, but honestly, you are one very um, thoughtful, mindful human being. And it's just been an absolute pleasure sitting with you for this past two hours, I guess. And just chit-chatting. I think I think you're the I think you're the incredible <laughs> speaker, and I I think people really need to pay attention to what you're saying, because you. because based on your experience, um, yeah, based on your experience, I think I think there's something insanely powerful mm. about you. So oh. I think people need to pay attention. Pay attention to the queen. <laughs> Well, you heard it, y'all. You heard it from the man himself, Becky Kombe. I was hanging out with Becky Kombe um, um, on this episode 11 of our Infinitely Me podcast. Uh, he's been an inspirational, inspirational guest. And also, like I mentioned before, he is he made the debut for all the sons of Abraham. <laughs> Apologies in advance again. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Uh... Dear listeners, I appreciate the moment. I appreciate the moment from Queen Mo. Um, I appreciate being here. Uh, I've learned so much just by being in this conversation. And Mm. I cannot be more grateful. I cannot be more grateful. Yeah. Now I understand the idea of infinitely more. Uh, there you go um you know and like i always say there's so many diverse hats to each and every one of us um there's so many you are you're infinitely you there will never be we can never put a, a, a cap on who you can evolve into becoming regardless of your everyday situation and i always encourage you on every single episode when I come on here on, on my page where you can find inspirational quotes and you name it to, you know, seize the day of your every single day living. And I just want to say thank you so much to all of y'all who've been with me in the past month since we rebranded. Thank you for the messages. Uh, and I continue to ask you guys to, you know, continue giving me topics on what you would want me to talk about, guests that you would want me to host. Uh, it's definitely an amazing journey that I am looking forward um, to, you know, to to 
to serving you people. And if you're out there and you're losing hope, I just want to let you know that do not rise up, you know, tomorrow is still another day. Your story, this is not the end of your story. You can live again. You can smile again. Trust me. You are never hit that you can never rise up and like i always say i am a huge believer in philippians 4 13 that i can do all things all things through christ it strengthens me until next time same time same same place every friday 6 30 p.m i will see you guys then until then it's goodbye cheers Whew. wasn't that something else Guys, I want to thank you so much for always hanging out with me every single Friday at 6 p.m. PST without failure. It is because of you guys that I keep on doing this. And I just want to ask you to go ahead and leave me a comment on at Infinitely Me on Facebook and IG. And until next time, I just want to encourage you to continue living your best life. You are limitless and you are worth so much more. Until next time. Remember, it is all doable. Goodbye.